What is the worst pain that you've ever been in your life? Like honestly, ask yourself, what is the worst pain that you've ever been in in your life? Everyone's been through pain, like of some degree, some level. Like no one is at the worst pain because there's usually always someone who's been through worse. Yes, I may or may not have stolen that from Markiplier and a YouTube video he made called Pain where he just sat down for half an hour and he talked about his pain that he's been through in his life. And that kind of gave me a bit of inspiration to talk about my pain and what I've been through because I thought it would be kind of an interesting subject to talk about and to let you guys know more about me and what I've been through. So I'm going to sit down, I'm going to talk about the pain that I've gone through in my life. So top of the morning, afternoon, evening and night everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Politoco podcast. I wasn't sure if I was going to go off of the same style as Markiplier where he started off with his worst pain and then kind of just went back and talked about just different snippets of pain. Um, But I thought I would just go back to the beginning of what I can remember and talk about my life uh, chronologically from the earliest pain and injury that I can remember and then taking it up to about a year ago. So the first injury pain that I remember feeling was all the way back about 15 years ago is when I split open my right eye when I was about four or five years old. Essentially what happened was we were living in Beijing at the time. We were living in an apartment and me, my sister and a couple of friends back then, we were playing hide and go seek or tag or something uh, around the house. And for some reason in the room I was sleeping in, me and my sister were sharing a room at the time, for some reason there was a pile of pillows in the middle of the room. Why? Absolutely no idea. But there was a pile of pillows in the room. And I remember I was it, so I found them, or we were playing tag, so I was chasing them. And I ran into the room, for some reason didn't look at the pillows, didn't see the pillows, and I tripped over the pillows, and my eye my eyebrow hit directly onto the wooden bed frame and my eyebrow just split right open. I can kind of remember being in pain, definitely crying, definitely crying back then. Um, but yeah, I remember just being in complete shock. And then we went to the hospital and I can't remember the exact number. I think it was either five or eight stitches. I think I'm moving towards five stitches, but I had a few stitches uh, into my eyebrow to sew it up and I had no painkillers no sedatives just stitches and I'm not sure if that's normal I think that is normal but when you're four or five years old and you're getting this needle shoved through your eyebrow not the nicest ex- nicest experience so that was horrifying but now I've got a pretty cool scar that's above my right eye which shows the you know, trip and fall and splitting open of my eyebrow, which is pretty cool. And then, moving on, not so far in the future, I think it was less than a year later, I broke my right arm. A lot of happening on my right side of the body for some reason. But I broke my right arm when I was about, I think I was five years old at the time. And the story for this is actually quite funny. So, I was playing superheroes outside with my friend in Beijing. And there was a little building little hut type thing made out of bricks um, which was about a meter and a half tall and it housed an electrical generator which 
you know, gave electricity to the compound or to the building um, closest by. And so we're playing superheroes, and I happened to choose a superhero of Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, if you've obviously seen any films, you know he does that really, really cool jump and land. So he jumps up, and when he lands, his one of his arms goes onto the floor, and the other arm goes up in the other direction. So it's kind of just, you know, he, he does that, lands on his fingertips, and then slowly looks up. I aspire to do that. I aspired to be the same. So, as the Spider-Man I was back then, I jumped off of this building, this one and a half meter tall building, and landed right on my right arm. And my other arm was facing up. And I had this vision in my head that I would land really cool with my friend, slowly look up, and then just go darting off in the opposite direction and start fighting the imaginary uh, villains that we had up against us. And I landed on my right arm, and the two bones just snapped. Which was kind of funny. So... Obviously, after that happened, I was rushed upstairs to my house by my dad, and we were sitting there waiting to go to the hospital, I think, because obviously I just snapped my arm, my arm, I think it kind of looked like a stair step, it was a, it was very weird, I can't really remember it too much, but snapped the both, both of the bones of my arm, went to the hospital, and I do remember this, I was sitting down in the hospital room, and I remember my dad holding the back of my arm, so about near where my elbow is, and it was holding that part as the doctor was at my wrist and pulling my wrist away from the elbow to realign my arm up so that when the cast was put on and everything, you know, it set in the proper place and then my bone would be healed and all, you know, happy days. So he pulled it, he realigned it, he put the cast on, and I think I had the cast on for about six weeks or so. Can't remember two. I can't remember how long I had it on, but I had it all on for a while, and it started to become horrible. It just became dirty. I had loads of signatures on it, but it was really dirty. It was not nice. And then when it was taken off, it was my arm was very floopy, very very weird sensation. Um, but it strengthened soon enough, obviously. And hey ho, my arm was fixed. And I think that's kind of all of the pain and torture that I went through when I was in Beijing and that was two things in about a year or so so <laughs> kind of traumatic <laughs> but then moving on um, I can't remember any major injuries or pain that I was in when I was living in Africa so it was a relatively lucky time in my life I honestly I think there's there was one time where I was on the trampoline or something, and a bee stung the top of my head, which was quite painful, but quite funny thinking back at it now. But yeah, there wasn't really anything that happened in Africa, which is good. And then came Shanghai, where a lot has happened, because obviously I lived there from when I was 10 to 19, so uh, 10 till 18, so a lot has happened, and now it's time to sit back and go through it, should I say. The first big thing that happened was when I was in year six and I was 11 at the time and there was a big football tournament that was happening in Suzhou. So my team and I traveled an hour or two to get there. And at this point I was playing outfield. So I hadn't been, so I haven't been playing in goal yet. So playing outfield, I think I was playing 
up front, potentially on the right wing, from what I can remember. But I was playing as an attacker. And with the first game, everyone got set up and ready. And we ran around for about three minutes before my right ankle, again, on the right side of my body, my right ankle went into a ditch. And I couldn't walk, which was slightly frustrating because we were going to be there for about nine hours. And the first three minutes of the first game, I couldn't do anything. And essentially, immediately after my ankle went into this ditch, it started to swell up and it was very painful and I had to get ice and I had to get it bandaged up and everything. And I couldn't get it into a, into a shoe because it was so painful. And... Uh, yeah, so after that, I essentially sat around for nine hours doing nothing at this football tournament. And I remember, I think it was towards the end, and I tried to slip my foot into my, my boot, and I couldn't fully do it. But I kind of was, like, hopping on it. And I remember going up to my coach, and I was like, Coach, Coach, I'm fine, I'm fine. Please, can I please play? I won't kick the ball hard. I'll just, you know, run around and help the team. But I didn't, I didn't play again, which is kind of sad. But anyways, over time... Uh, maybe a week or two or three, I was slowly able to walk again. Um, and yeah, that was that was year six. That was a big thing that happened in year six. And then year seven, eight, and nine, nothing major happened. And then came year 10. And this is when I had moved to Wellington and I was now at Wellington studying my IGCSEs and my IB. And this is where some big things happened. So... Starting at year 10, I stepped on a piece of glass three days before a musical that I had to perform. So the musical that we did was Little Shop of Horrors. I think I've mentioned that before. And my director loved him. He's great. Um, he, except, except, he didn't allow me to do any sports because he didn't want any injuries to happen before the show, which I completely understood. And I think at this time I was playing some volleyball, so he didn't he didn't let me go to volleyball training, which was upsetting. But then again, I completely understood, so I didn't. Um, but I went to an after-school activity for drama in the black box. And a big rule that they have in the black box is you're not allowed to wear shoes in the back black box. So, as normal... I take my shoes off and then we went in and I forgot what we were doing. We were doing some improv stuff or something drama related, obviously. And we were moving um, blocks around and moving all these things around. And I remember stepping on something. I don't know what it was at the time, but I stepped on something and I just had a sharp pain shoot through my foot and up my body. And next thing I knew, I couldn't walk on it again. And... I was quite concerned, obviously, because I had a musical that I had to perform three days later. So, again, I couldn't walk on it. There was some blood that was coming out of my foot, which I was quite concerned about, obviously. And so I went to the nurse's station, and they then told me there that it looked like I had a piece of glass lodged inside of the sole of my foot. Um, and so I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy hearing that. So... I had to get my dad to come from his class and me and him went straight to the hospital and we went to the hospital. I laid down, they saw it and obviously it had to be, um, it had to be taken out and cleaned, etc, etc. So for some reason, I don't know how to explain this, but I guess they were cutting the skin around, around my foot, 
like around the glass or something along those lines. But they were making it, like prepping it so it, you know, could be pulled out. And I remember very, very distinctly, I remember them pulling it out. And I could feel the edges of the glass just slowly being pulled out of my foot. And it was a very, very weird sensation. Because obviously it's a jagged edge, um, you know, glass. So as they were pulling it out, all I could just feel the edges just slowly, you know, go th- come out of my foot. And it was the weirdest sensation I had ever felt. And I just did not enjoy it. But then again, it got taken out. I uh, got cleaned up. And then luckily I didn't have to have any stitches because that would have been extremely painful on the sole of my foot. But I didn't have to have any stitches, which is good. So they basically just um, put a plaster on it, put a bandage on it. And I couldn't really walk properly for a day or two. And then when I went back, you know, uh, dress rehearsal before the musical, I could I could about to walk on it, but it it did hurt. And then obviously the next night I had to basically just suck it up and just go and perform this musical that we had been uh, practicing and rehearsing for a few months. And I couldn't let that stop the show. So as people say, the show must go on. And then the rest of year 10, nothing really, nothing happened. And then year 11, nothing happened uh, other than, of course, COVID happened, but no injuries And then came year 12, and this was the biggest, not injury, but this was the biggest amount of pain, the largest amount of pain that I've ever been in. So sit back, here we go. So in year 12, I had a big chest surgery called the NUS procedure. It's a surgery to help correct pectus excavatum, and it was invented by Donald Nuss in 1987. It's a minimally invasive surgery, and what it consists of is a metal steel bar, behind a curved metal steel bar put behind the sternum and then flipped. So a way that I can describe it is if you imagine a U-shape, the bottom of the U is facing inside of the body, so it's closer to the heart. And then they flip it, so it's more of an N, um, an N shape than a U shape. So then because it's flipped and it's underneath the sternum, it basically just pushes the sternum to a normal shape, to a normal shape that a chest would be um, because I think of the intercostal muscles which allow the, the, um, which allow the ribs to move and allow the sternum to move, um, allowing it to become a normal shape. And then once this is done, they clamp the bar against the ribs so they get wire and they get clamp and they basically just attach it all together and it's clamped and wired onto the ribs to ensure ensure to ensure that it doesn't move and it stays in, and it stays in place so why did i have this done well obviously i had pectus excavatum and i was very self-conscious about it i've had it since i was about 13 and that's when i started to get picked on about it Um, you know, people would say like, why do you have a dent in your chest and all that sort of thing. And then it came, it properly came about when I had big growth spurts when I was about 14, 15. And that's when I really started to notice it. It wasn't so much of an aesthetic thing anymore. It was a physical thing now because it was starting to push against my heart. Not comfortable, by the way, I'll tell you that. So I couldn't do too much harsh exercise anymore 
um, because, like I said, the sternum was pushing against my heart, my right ventricle, to be exact. So that was making blood harder to move around. I couldn't run properly because I would run out of breath, um, etc., etc. And that was a big reason as to why I played goalkeeper, because I couldn't do the excessive amount of running that um, a forward or defender or a midfielder could do. So I moved to goalkeeper, and I've loved it. Don't get me wrong, I've absolutely loved it. But that was one of the main reasons as to why I had to move to goalkeeping because I still wanted to be a part of football, but I couldn't do any of this of the extensive running around because of the chest. So, what happened with this and why was it painful? Well, I went for the surgery on the 25th of January, 2021. And the surgery was at about 12 p.m. And it's a, it's a short it's a short surgery. Um, like I said, it's minimally invasive and it only took about an hour and a half. And I've looked back at videos, looked back at photos to try and get a detailed outline as to what happened so I can explain it on here. So from looking at videos and photos, I came back into consciousness at around 2.30 p.m. And from one of the first videos that I saw, I had an oxygen mask on and I could hardly breathe because of how painful it was. And I, it's, I can't describe the pain because it was just the reconstruction of my chest. They had just changed the shape of my chest and it was just unbelievably sore. After the surgery, I was in the ICU overnight and in that night, obviously I was hooked up to, well, God knows how many painkillers, but I had two drips going into me. Um, and because of all of this painkiller and antibiotics and everything, I threw up three times. And that was one of the most painful things I have ever done. And the reason as to why I threw up a lot is because in the hospital, they gave me this little button. Um, it was very small, it was just a little black button on a little controller, and it gave me painkillers whenever I needed it. So I had that to keep with me, essentially, so I was high and not in pain, which was amazing. But I did throw up, and I threw up three times, and it was the worst experience. Luckily, because I was so high on painkillers, it didn't hurt too much, but it was still excruciatingly painful because like I said my chest has just been reformed and I've just I've just basically just thro I've thrown up I've just projectile vomited everything out which was not fun um, and I had nurses come rushing in to check on me because my heart rate um, shot through the roof um, and they were you know quite quite concerned for me and then for some reason I think they said my potassium levels were low so I had to take a pill for potassium and whilst all of this is happening, my mother was just sleeping in the corner of the room soundly. I don't know, she just slept like a rock. But I had thrown up three times, nurses had been coming in and out, the machines were beeping every like 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so, but I hardly slept that first night in the ICU. It was horrific. Um, but then after that night, on the 26th, I was taken out of the ICU and I was moved to the ward where I began to recover more and walk for the first time, etc, etc. And I re remember I had to move beds from 
the bed I was in at the ICU and the ward bed. And that was very painful as well because I had to use my own strength to essentially shift my body weight across from one bed to the other, which was very sore. I'll just I'll just say it was very, very sore because my chest had just been reconstructed and I wasn't on as many painkillers at the time. So it was very bad. And then the 27th was when I stood up for the first time and I walked for the first time. And that was that was good because I had just been lying down for about over a day and a bit. Um, but it was, I was really happy to have walked, but it was also a very painful experience. And it's hard to explain how I felt. I felt very lightheaded once I stood up and I couldn't breathe properly at this time. So moving and then, oh yeah, obviously I'm moving my entire chest around. So that was very sore and, you know, moving my entire body about. I was very sore, but I was really glad to be able to stand up and walk around. And that's what I did every day, every few hours or so to just, you know, slowly get back into walking and mobility. But I was knocked out a lot of the time as well. I still had my little button to give me painkillers whenever I needed it, which was a lot of the time. So I had that and that knocked me out every now and then. And then, yeah, whenever I was awake, I was walking around, I was trying to eat because my appetite was not great after the surgery. So I had a couple of things that I was trying to focus on, which was good. And then, yeah, that was essentially the first few days. And I'm really glad that my mum was there to keep me going because she she was essentially my rock. This is my big thank you to my mother for, for being there w- with me uh for for the for the week because i was in the hospital for a week essentially she made me eat which was something that i don't know if i would have done by myself because my appetite was so bad she made me get up and walk which i'm very grateful for and also being back at home i'll explain in a minute um she made me you know try and stand up straight because my back was bad um but yeah she was just there and Oh, this is breaking my dignity to say this, but she showered me on the last night because I hadn't showered for about a week. And that was interesting, to say the least, um, to have your mother shower you when you were 17. But again, I'm so grateful that she was there and she was there to shower me because it it was just, oh man, it was not fun. And then finally, after, I think it was a week in the hospital, I think, because I got there on the 25th and I think I left on like the 30th, 31st. Um, so I'm finally back at home, but then this was the most pain I had ever felt in my life for the next, I'd say, month and a half to two months, because I didn't have my little button anymore. I couldn't constantly give myself painkillers. I had to take oral medication. Luckily, I was prescribed oxycodone, and that was amazing, but it was also very, very sore. And, um... Uh, with oxycodone, with the ones that I was given, I was allowed two pills every six hours. Um, and it was not enough. It wasn't even close to being enough for the beginning of me being back at home, but I had to make it work. And I couldn't sleep flat for about two months. I had to sl- sit, sleep essentially sitting up and slowly but surely uh, flattening myself over time. And 
when I started sleeping up over the night, I would slowly slip down. So it was extremely painful lifting myself up because I couldn't, I couldn't tense my chest or anything. So I had to get my parents to essentially just hoist myself up every, every day to get me out of bed. But with that slipping down and, you know, f becoming flatter and flatter, the pain started to ease and I could eventually lie flat again, which I was really glad. And as I said earlier, my back was really hunched and I think it was just protecting my chest, but my back was extremely hunched and it was quite worrying. I mean, sent sent pictures and stuff to the doctors, you know, and they said, you know, it's normal, just start to, you know, you just start to um, straighten your back, etc. And I had to do some exercises that my mum gave me to just, you know, get straight the back. So I had to have my back against the wall, stand against the wall and just, you know, make it, make it straighter over time because if I didn't I would probably have a hunched back now and I would say if I were to put an estimate on it I think about five months after the surgery I started to feel better I wasn't in an immense amount of pain after sleeping I was back at school um, so everything started to get back into place which I was quite happy and what's next that's the big question I still have the bar inside me now and I'm not really playing any football. I couldn't I couldn't play goalkeeper for the past two years, essentially. Um, but yeah, I am going back to Shanghai this summer and I'm getting the bar removed because obviously, if you haven't seen the news, everything is opening up in Shanghai again. So that means I can go back and I can get it done with the same doctors at the same hospital, which I'm really, really blessed for and grateful for. And I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing Shanghai again. I'm not too looking forward to the pain that awaits me after the surgery. It won't be as near to the pain that I endured for the first surgery because all they're doing is just unwrapping the wire around my ribs and just um, hopefully just sliding it out. But I guess we'll see what happens. And that was the most pain I had ever been in in my life. Um, and that lasted a very long time. Even now, I... Even now it's painful. I can't really do anything on the front of my chest. I can't sleep on the si on my side because that pushes against one side of the bar, which can be quite sore. It's surprisingly more comfortable to sleep on my front. But then again, it's kind of all over the place and it's, it's slowly but surely getting there. And then hopefully it'll be out this summer and I can go back to normal. So one last big pain that I was through and another surgery that I had to get done was October of last year, October of 20, not last year, 2021, October of 2021. And that was because I broke my ankle playing volleyball. And essentially what happened was I went to block someone that had spiked the ball. And then the person, that person who spiked the ball landed awkwardly and then his foot went onto my side of the net and I landed on his foot and my ankle just snapped. Which was very painful. And I went to the hospital and they took an x-ray of my ankle and saw that the fracture, and they saw the fracture and it was very obvious. It was a very obvious snap. And, wanted, and they wanted to just compare it with my other ankle because they just wanted to see what it was meant to look like. So they took... So I broke, that was my left ankle that I had snapped. So they took an x-ray of my right ankle, 
which, as I said before, was the ankle that I had ascent that I had quote unquote sprained when I was in year six playing football, and it was the same image. So, because I fractured my left ankle, I found out that I had actually fractured my right ankle in year six when I was playing football, and I didn't even notice it. So that was kind of crazy. So I broke my ankle, I think it was on the 11th of October, the first day back to school after the October holidays. And I had surgery nine days later on the ankle. I had just fractured um, to get things in place. So basically they just put a piece of metal, put a piece of metal inside to make sure it aligns and properly sets in place. And I was in a cast for about three months or so. And I was, you had to use crutches everywhere. It was not a fun time except I did get a decent workout on my arms for those three months, but it wasn't fun. I couldn't play football anymore because I was I was starting to play attacker again because I couldn't play in goal with my chest. But So I was starting to run around a lot more because I could because I, I didn't have anything pressing against my heart. Um, but yeah, so I was in a cast for about three months or so, and then everything went into lockdown, which I guess was quite lucky considering that I couldn't really walk still. And then... Every, yeah, everything went into lockdown, so I didn't have to go far, which was good. And lockdown lasted from, I think it was February, end of February, beginning of March or so, to, well, till about <laughs> the beginning of, like, the end of last year when everything opened up again. Um, and then the end of May 2022, I went for another surgery, and I had the piece of metal removed from my ankle. So... I've got one piece of metal out of my body and I've got one more to go, which is my chest bar. And my ankle is still massive right now. It still has a lot of swelling and I don't think it will ever go down, which is quite sad and quite annoying, but I guess that's just what I've got to deal with. And I think that kind of wraps up everything to do with pain. And yeah... I could do a an ending like Markiplier where I kind of say, you know, my life could have ended. Like, it could have ended at any point throughout these last years. And I didn't appreciate life enough. You know, so many things went through my mind as all of these things happened. And, you know, I could do more with my life. I, I, could, I could push myself further. Be, no, I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to say is that's everything that I can really think of at the top of my head. It's it's been an interesting journey. I've still got one big surgery to go through this summer, which I'm not looking forward to because I'm worried about how much pain I'll be in. But hopefully I'll have my little buddy, my little button, my little button, buddy, button, button, pal thing to give me painkillers. That was a really bad joke. I sincerely apologize. But I will hopefully be okay. I'll hopefully have the bar taken out. I'll hopefully be able to keep the bar because that'll be really funny if I get to keep it. And I can hopefully get back into goalkeeping, get back into football and begin to live my life again. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's another kind of just story time about what's happened in my life. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I'm not 100% sure as to what the next episode is going to be on, so I guess that will come in due course. But thank you very much, guys, for listening again, and I will see you all in the next episode. See you later, guys.